With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, how's it going? Another episode of Reels and Heels. Today is a special one. Uh, so uh, let's get into our intro here. And we're live. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was to... I was commenting how the dog was finally laying down. So yeah, well, we gave him those biscuits. This is a plus. <laughs> so today's episode. How's that salad, by the way? It's great. Thanks. Great. <laughs> what kind of salad are you eating, Nicole? It's just a it's just a garden salad. Oh, okay. French dressing on it, but it's not just any French dressing, though. It's spicy French. It is. It's spicy oh, sweet French. Oh. It's good. Woman of a uh, woman to my heart. You <laughs> know, uh, <laughs> French dressing is 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 my favorite. Uh, well, next to Caesar, but um, yeah. Now, yeah. I, now I'm tempted to try that uh, spicy one. It's good. It is good. It's not super spicy. Although it's I still don't spicy. understand ranch. <laughs> What is the obsession with ranch flavored everything? I like ranch. <laughs> okay. I was I like about to hit the mute for a minute <laughs> Ranch okay. is my dressing of choice. Yes. It's and okay. I'm not I'm really here a ketchup flavored everything. You like this one, though. So. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, food, that's uh, the theme of today. Um, I'm calling you. No, dingo. <laughs> I say food, and he's like, oh, what? He's like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, so today, uh, the theme is uh, movies for foodies. So uh, movies about uh, chefs or uh, th- where food is, is the theme. And, or it uh, takes place in a restaurant. In a restaurant. A lot of the yeah. movies we talked about take place in a restaurant, not necessarily Solely around food, but right. Just gonna go over here. <laughs> okay, but uh, we have a, a special guest who is uh, not a stranger to this uh, show, but um, he he fits well. Um, we we know him as a comic book fan, as a wrestling fan, as a horror fan, um, and he's also a chef. Um, but he's also uh, my brother. 
Um, I, I love this guy dearly, and I'm glad that he's here today to join us. Please welcome Omar Rios. Hey, hey everybody. Uh, Omar, how you doing, man? Good, man. I'm doing pretty good. All yeah, right. Playing day off. Hmm. Yeah. And speaking of, of day, I mean, today's Batman day. Yes, it is. Yes, and apparently talk like a pirate day, too. So I'm <laughs> yeah. slacking on two accounts. <laughs> so, Willow, you've done some research on the, the whole talk like a pirate day. Like, do you know uh, how this happened? Hi. I, I honestly do not know where that started. I'm, I, I am fortunately, uh, I could Google it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, I, I know on uh, on Facebook you can change uh, the the like how how your how your posts come up <laughs> into like pirate talk and. Lord. That, but that's been around since like day one of Facebook, though, because I remember every, several of my friends having it on uh, pirate is pirate speech for like years, and then finally it's like, oh, I can change that. <laughs> oh well, um, happy Batman Day and happy Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh, before we jump into this, uh, I guess you know since it is Batman Day, we, we'll give a little love to Batman. Uh, Omar, do you have? A favorite iteration of Batman, whether it be uh, a story from the comics, TV, uh, movie. Oh, most definitely. Um, my favorite comic book of all time, like of, of in the genre, is the Long Halloween. I think that's the most perfect oh. uh, Batman story ever written. I read it once a year at least, um, unless I get an excuse to show it to some stranger, and then I'll do I'll read it again just because. Now, Have you seen the, the new animated series with uh, Jensen Ackles doing the voice of Batman for the long? Uh, I have, I have. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, it's it's difficult, right? Because they they have to take licenses with it so that they can make it something unique and different, which I enjoy. I don't want my remakes to be carbon copies, uh, but at the same time being such a big fan of it and seeing what they omit or what they change was like, Oh, why would you do that? Why would you change that? So it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's hard to please. Yeah. <laughs> what See, about you? I, I will always love uh, Batman mask of the phantasm. So good. It's such so a good, good. Yeah, and I, as soon as I had a chance, I made the costume of the phantasm. So it's, it's great to walk around the convention and people are like, like hitting each other. Look, look, look. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, for me, um, I'm going to echo yours with uh, the long Halloween. I think that is probably like top, top tier <clears throat> Batman, uh, comic reading i mean some people will say hush and you know the dark knight returns but uh i i think long halloween is probably the best batman comic at least modern day mm-hmm. um yeah what about you i enjoy long halloween but i also enjoy killing jokes so um i mean i guess it just depends but i was also the kid that really liked the dark knight returns so Yes, I wasn't really a kid when I was watching it. I was a lot younger than I am now. But um, I always really 
loved Heath Ledger. So it was kind of like the door kind of opened up when he was the Joker. So kind Mm -hmm. of like renewed my love of the movies again. Because I'd always been a Batman fan in the first place. You need to shut up. (laughs) He wants his his opinion to count too. He's like, I'll tell you all about what I think. (laughs) All right. So let's jump into the the main topic today. Movies and uh, the food theme. So, uh, Omar, um, when did the love of food uh, for you start? Um, I mean, I know it's part of the Puerto Rican culture, you know, in general. But, like, when did you know that, like, cooking was your thing? Yeah, well, uh, like you said, it's it's definitely a big part of the culture. uh, And our family... Everybody cooks in the kitchen. It's just a way of life, right? Like you get your turn in there, and you got you got to produce. Um, as a kid, I remember being like really fascinated with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You know, not not just the Charlie and Chocolate Factory book, which is one of my favorite books uh, as a kid, but like the Gene Wilder and all that. And I was just like, man, could you make food a like a career, like a living? Like, that was the first time that really opened my eyes to that. You know, the idea that this guy had this factory and he produces all this stuff. Uh, I guess before that, I just thought they magically just appeared in stores. Oh, um, episode of Reels and Heels. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And no worries. But, um, you know, just like with, with anything that you see in, in like, when you're younger, um, the urge didn't find me to, to cook as, as a job until like I really needed to. So when I was out of high school uh, and my dad passed away, I needed a job. And um, I was eating at this uh, really cool brunch place that was built on the docks. And um, they had a now hiring sign. I walked up and I was just like, hey, I, you know, I hear you're looking for people. I don't know Jack about, you know, cooking in a, in a professional restaurant, but I'll, I'll try. You can, I'll peel potatoes in the back and that's exactly what they had me do for a while. But, um, I had the bug. It's one of the few career paths you can choose that it like, it's very merit based. Um, you, you get to, um, see your progression, your success right there on a plate immediately after you're done. Um, whereas some people, you know, they go to college, they get a degree and it could be years before they, they really advance in the field or even get a job at this, at this time, you know, um, when it came to cooking, there was, there wasn't as much politics. Usually the guy who worked the hardest got the job. You know, and if you didn't, you washed out, plain and simple. Uh, the only other position that I've worked in that I can see a similarity in is um, is coding and, and IT. Like, it's it's very much the same way. They don't care too much about where you went to school. They just want to know that you could do the job and that you can do it well. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, he mentions Willy Wonka, which I believe is probably on everybody's uh, oh, yeah. list. Uh, not just, you know, food-related movies, but just movies of all time. Like, we, we all love Gene Wilder, you know. Uh, I think it's part of our childhood. 
like a lot of the things that we still talk about today reference that movie. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, one one of my favorite songs actually uh, is the Sammy Davis Jr. You know, the Candyman. Yeah, yeah, which they just recently used for the new iPhone, and I was just like, oh, that's how you get me to buy one of those. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that movie just is way too relatable when it comes to the state of the world. Too, it's like you can reference pretty much all the characters and place them in like certain aspects of how people in in relation to it, how the world is today. Just wow. <laughs> Veric assault. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, Violet, you're turning violet. Yeah. yeah. I was, is there, is there a favorite uh, scene from Willy Wonka that, that you, that you love? I mean, I love that whole movie so much. Um, let me think. I, you know what? Okay, if people get creeped out by the boat ride, I loved it. I was, I was just about to say the boat ride really stands out to me, and um, the initial scene with Augustus, and the first time you see the Oompa Loompas perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big too. Um. I can tell you my least favorite scene is the scene where Charlie and his grandpa um, cheat, essentially. They, they break the rules. <laughs> and, uh, because that kind of defies the whole point of the movie, mm-hmm. that he was the one. Right. I just want to so say I, goodbye to Joe McKeel here. He's saying howdy in the chat. Hi, Joe. Nice, nice. So, really... The whole movie, if you think about the whole movie and the theme of it, is listen to your elders and don't break the rules. That was essentially the theme of the movie. Because, you know, the whole reason Violet turned Violet is because she didn't follow the rules. And the whole reason Augustus fell in the freaking river of chocolate is because he didn't follow the rules. It's like Right, right. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like... Um, so oh, yeah. I know movie, it's late, but the only reason <laughs> in that movie, the only reason Charlie wins is because he figures out how not to, you know, die a horrible death in in fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, versus um, I think that's one thing that they did really well in the Tim Burton one was that you know he was just this good kid, like he was a humble mm-hmm. good kid that you know he didn't break any of the rules. That was kind of the point of the book too. Yeah. I'm curious on this, this new like movie that they're doing where they follow Willy Wonka, um, like before he was Willy Wonka. Um, I'm, I'm definitely curious. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, do we really they, need to give him an they origin? On that, they, they touched on the origin, uh, with John, with Johnny Depp's version. A little bit, and yeah, that like I that, mean, you that see, was a creepy <laughs> vibe to it. So you see this go wrong in horror all the time. Like um, the biggest criticism to Rob Zombie's Halloween is that they spent an hour giving Michael Myers this you know weird trailer park origin, and um, it just doesn't. It feels like a different movie. It doesn't seem to fit, um, even within its own movie like the second half is completely different from the first half and it just it doesn't vibe well and there's like a disconnect 
And they do that with so many things. I'm just like, they don't need origins. I don't need to see how Norman Bates came about. I don't need to see how Willy Wonka came about. Like, they're just weird. I like it. Yeah. I think that's part of the, like, the mystique and the fun of the movie is you don't know. You get to figure it out. It's like, I wonder what happened to him to make him be like that. And and honestly, I thought Gene Wilder's portrayal of Willy Wonka was a whole lot more reasonable. Like, <laughs> could, could I, could, he didn't seem like a total weirdo. He actually seemed like someone who was very um, he he seems interested like, in his craft. You know, I think Jack Black kind of has that feel to him, where it's like he he has like a bit of a childhood it, you know, childlike. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonder to him where it's like everything fascinates him. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's actually the one thing both movies kind of uh, differ from the book in that in the book, Willy Wonka is very much childlike wonder and he doesn't hate the kids, really. He tells them, he's just like, hey, don't do this stuff. But it never comes off as if like, do it and watch, and watch out. Like, see what happens. Yeah. Whereas Jim Wilder seems like he's jaded. Like, he can't wait to give up his factory. Like, he's just like, I'm over this job. I hate these kids. If you don't listen to me, you're going to die. Like, like this is what's going to happen to you. Kind of like a barista after a very long day. Right, exactly. He is a barista at Starbucks. Or a teacher, seventh period. And then Johnny Depp is just so weird. And as much as as I like it, it's just... He's like a sociopath. You're just like, do you want these kids to die? Are you, is this what's going to happen? Because like, you never know with him. And it's just so, all three versions are so different. And I can't wait to see what they do with this one too. Yeah. So Joe McKeel says, how about the refrigerator scene from nine and a half weeks? Hmm. Do I need to bring that up? I don't <laughs> will, we, will we get tagged? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I, probably it's been a long but, time since i've seen that so i i i don't remember that too well but uh speaking as we're talking about scenes um let's bring up a uh a movie that i think is critically loved and loved by the fans the sure. same and that's john favreau's chef yeah. oh yes uh, which He's is easily my favorite on this list. Oh yes, it's it's loosely based on a true story of. Um, uh, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30- 
30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I keep, Omar, help me out. What's the, the chef's name? Because he works with John on the network. Uh, Roy Choi. Roy Choi, yes. On how he basically gave up working for the restaurant, uh, you know, the restaurant being the man and he wanted to start a food truck. And it, if it wasn't for him, I don't think food trucks would be where they are, uh, today because he started the whole thing, uh, in, you know, Los Angeles and then. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not in the United States. He definitely was a pioneer in that sense. And what he did was, what, I mean, there's always been food trucks, but what he did was, use social media so brilliantly like he'd park up his food truck somewhere and then essentially just put out the call on social media and people would just flock to flock to it it was um have you ever seen uh nick and nora's infinite playlist like the the band the get fuzzy or where's fuzzy whatever it's called Mm -hmm. It, it was that but for food and it was it was brilliant it was brilliant people could not get enough and they could not you know, they had to tell their friends about it and their friends jumped in on the hunt too. And I mean, what he's been able to do and where he's been able to like the heights he's been able to reach, it's nothing short of astonishing for any person that's in culinary. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up uh, and, you know, when I was young, they, they were still called roach coaches. <laughs> that was the, the term that they, that everybody would call them. You know, they would show up on the construction sites and, and, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, you know, now your food trucks are in like every major city. I mean, you have a food truck for, you know, whatever, Everything. whatever you want. It, we it's have there. food truck wars here in Winnipeg when it comes to like our festivals. And it, they, there's like 20 or so food trucks that they, pit against each other and it's it's fantastic yeah so so this film's one that i go to weekly so yeah oh well so so this film chef uh john favreau john Leguizamo, scarlett johansson um dustin hoffman dustin hoffman owns this like fancy restaurant and you know basically wants it the way he wants it uh john favreau's character uh is like you know the kitchen is his domain you know he he wants to to be the king and and wants to to make his menu because he knows what people like and he wanted to try some things dustin hoffman didn't like it so he leaves and john Leguizamo uh goes with him and uh gets like this (laughs) shitty ran down rust bucket rust bucket and uh, they, you know, clean it up and they start a, a food truck. Um, and it, it's a movie about food, but it's also got a lot of heart because you have the whole dynamic between John Favreau's character and his son. Yeah. Yes, um, definitely. So now, uh, is that is is that movie actually is that movie written by Favreau or it just stars him? Uh, I believe it was. Uh, that's a good question. Written, and I believe it was also directed by him. Oh wow! It was directed by him for sure. Okay, I'll have to Let find that movie. See. Yeah, and I believe yeah, the he wrote movie, it. He uh, wrote it as well. Twenty fourteen, right? Does that sound about right? Yep. Yep. Twenty fourteen. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I went and I saw this movie five times in theaters. Oh wow! Um, and I remember being distraught 
on the fifth time because I went to my local movie theater and they had already pulled it. So I'm like frantically looking for where the movie is going to be at. Cause this is before, you know, a uh, video on demand and everything where I can just like pull it at my fingertips and watch it on one of my many monitors here. We were talking about Batman earlier. I feel like it right now. <laughs> I'm surrounded by six <laughs> monitors. Um, but um, you, your evil lair is coming along nicely then. <laughs> yes, I mean, underneath the cap, I am bald. So watch out. <laughs> uh, but uh, I found this uh, like old rinky dink uh, movie theater that was an hour away. I called up the girl I was dating at the time. I was like, hey, I can't hang out. I'm going to watch this movie. She goes, why don't you just come after the movie? I was just like, it's an hour away. I'm going to find something to do out there. And I drove and I, and I went and watched it for the fifth time. I just loved it so much. Uh, the cast is impressive. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. makes an awesome cameo where he's the guy who essentially gives John Favreau the food truck. And it seems like he's doing him a solid, but once you see the food truck, you realize he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I know uh, John wanted this movie to be as accurate as possible. So Roy was actually the caterer, and he was also the uh, like the I'm trying to find. He was like the chef expert, uh, and he yeah, taught the consultant skills and and all mm-hmm. that. Um, and so they wanted this as accurate as possible because John, that's something that as a filmmaker, he wants all of his films to be as accurate as possible. I mean, even if yeah. you look at Iron Man, uh, everything that you see in Iron Man could po- possibly physically could be done, at least in the first Iron Man with today's technology. Yeah, afterwards, not so much. Well, afterwards, not so much. But, afterwards, uh, he hired Mickey Rourke, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, being a chef yourself... Um, how does this film uh, resonate, like, within the food, like, culture, like, with other chefs and stuff? Um, do, you, do you think that they, they like this film a lot? Uh, yeah, everyone, um, any colleague I've ever talked to uh, tends to hold this one in high regard. It's the dream, right? It's the idea that we don't have to work for some guy who's fronting a bunch of money and doesn't know anything about the back of the house. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that you can go into business for yourself for the love of cooking and still make the money that you need to, to live. It's um, food trucks have become so big, not just because of, you know, um, you know, their popularity with, with the people, but because it's such a, it's such an easy way for you to not have to work for anybody else for the rest of your life. You know, um, your average new food truck, uh, it's about 30,000. Uh, then you got to sink a little bit in for permits, depending on where you want it at. Uh, and you have to have a prep kitchen, which to be honest, can be the kitchen in your own house. It's legal. And, uh, depending on where you live. True. Depending on where you live <laughs> in, in good old Tampa, it is. And, oh. um, they don't allow that. And you know, you, you you got yourself a, a business for under a hundred thousand, and you could start making money right away. So you see the returns right away versus a brick and mortar. Um, you'll be lucky if that first year you break even. Right, and you know, you see a lot of the food trucks pair with the uh, the breweries. Oh, absolutely. The 
I mean, the trick with any business, I think, uh, but specifically uh, when it comes to like epicurial and culinary businesses is community. Um, When you grew up eating food, you ate food because your mother was making it, your grandmother, maybe your dad was the cook, but it was a family event. You know, the family sat sat down together. Um, If you lived in a neighborhood like mine in in Puerto Rico, um, your neighbors would do cookouts and have people over. Like, you know, we would have like the whole lots of like, yeah, pretty much, you know, or at least the street, right? Yeah. Maybe the other street on the other side, not so much, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was a, a big community event. So as food truck business owners, partnering up with local breweries and setting up events like that, where also you don't need um, to necessarily have a beer license because they have one. It's a no brainer. And people will come out and support. Uh, I used to work in the in the craft beer industry for a couple of years, and it was the same thing. Yeah. So I had to bring – I'll bring this up again because I thought it was funny. Uh, Joe's like, you guys are starving me. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing, Joe. And, and I said it's, it's perfectly acceptable if we're talking about food to be eating on camera. So <laughs> – Hey, those are good. Plantain chips. <laughs> so with this uh, film, Chef, um, there are so many great scenes, especially, uh, I mean, a lot of the people talk about the scene where he's uh, on the date, I guess, with Scarlett Johansson's character, and he's cooking mm-hmm. her up the, uh, what, the pasta, I believe it is? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, scene is done like perfection. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the way he films it, like, it actively makes you hungry. It's, it is food porn. It is, um, <laughs> you know, you're not only is he showing, like, the butter sizzling on, on, like, the bread when he's making the grilled cheese and everything and watching the cheese melt like that, but he pairs it with, like, really funky, like, Bill Withers or Al Green music and stuff, and it just, it jazzes you up. He, he livens up something that wouldn't necessarily be exciting to watch, right? Uh, Edgar Wright did it with the uh, paperwork scene in Hot Fuzz. You know, he, he he makes you excited to watch this scene that's about a very, like, mundane task, essentially. You know, there's nothing super glamorous about cooking, but he makes it glamorous. Yeah. Uh, and then John also, you know, did a lot of advertising uh, for, like, in this film uh, that wasn't kind of like a like it wasn't pounding you on the head like go check these places out like when he went to new orleans and he did the whole like the the market there and he was buying all the ingredients he was actually there buying the ingredients uh but they ended up filming it and making it as a scene in the film yeah i mean he did an incredible job with this movie and if anyone out there hasn't seen it yet please do it's usually streaming somewhere I'll, I'll have to look at it for sure. It's on Netflix for yeah. sure. Yeah, the the movie, and then uh, I I will have to say the Netflix like series where he's oh actually, yeah the TV show is great. Yes, um, he has many guests come on, uh, and uh, Roy is on on all the episodes with him, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. 
So I'm going to swing this over to you, Omar. Uh, what's another film uh, on the list here that we should talk about? Okay, well, um, so I really wanted to talk about um, Ratatouille, actually, out of everything. Um Yes, it's a Disney movie. Uh, you know, it's a silly concept of a, of a rat who who's an aspiring chef. But the way Pixar animated that French kitchen, that is exactly what a high-end French kitchen looks like. Like, that is one of the most accurate things I've ever seen in any one of these movies that are on this list. And I have a list of, like, 18 films <laughs> You know, plus you guys added a few as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, that is easily one of the most accurate things I've ever seen in, in a movie is the the way they animated that kitchen. It's it's near about perfect. Yeah, it's another great film also about a dream, like trying to make your dreams come true. Right, right. Um, right that's the, I mean, the, the essential message is exactly what I said earlier, you know, anyone can cook. It's, you don't necessarily need yeah. the fancy education and stuff. If you work hard and you're passionate, you're, you're going to go far. Yeah. And now, you pick up techniques along the way. I'm curious. Has, have you ever made yourself a ratatouille dish? I have, I have, I had to try it. Um, my, my doppelganger, uh, the binging with Babish guy uh, <laughs> is made one. And immediately after I saw it, I was just like, all right, gauntlet thrown. I'm going to go ahead and make one. Uh, it, it's pretty good. Came out pretty good. Do you have a favorite uh, scene or scenes from Ratatouille? So that initial scene where you first see uh, Linguini go through and see the, the kitchen like that, I, I teared up. Because I thought it was it was so cool to see the the amount of detail that they that they went with um, when he serves um, the food critic. I think his name is Ego or something like that. Uh, when he serves the food critic the ratatouille, and he does like a f- flashback to when he was a kid. I mean, that's what food does, right? It transports you to a time that you remember. It's about feeling you think about like the best time you had when you had that that food item or you think about the worst time like uh, you know I've had bad experiences before that weren't necessarily about the food but I'm reminded of it so I don't I don't care to seek it out and eat it you know and that's just something I think they just got completely right Mm -hmm. I I I, I'm I'm probably like with everybody else that loves the scene where he's uh, trying to te- uh, trying to play the human as a puppet, and <laughs> <Yeah>, like... <laughs> trying to get him to work with him. Uh, it's very yeah. weekend at Bernie's. I liked it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a film uh, that. Uh, I think it's a bit underrated. Uh, I mean, I know it, it has its popularity, but it just, I don't think it gets talked about much. And that's Waitress. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Terry Russell. Uh, um, it, it, was, it was also a, a musical um, on Broadway. Oh, okay. Uh, Sarah Bareilles did the music for the Broadway show. Nice. Um, but yeah, the the film uh, it another touching uh, story, I guess, is what I, I guess. There's a theme here. I, the, all these movies that have to do with you know cooking, uh, there is like a a heart to the story. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and waitress is a true story as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, I believe, I'm not entirely <clears throat> sure I got this right, but I believe the woman who the story is based off of actually passed away before the movie came out. Uh, oh. So she never got a chance to, like, really see it blow up and, and get big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's got a great cast. I mean, Carrie Russell, Nathan Fillion, Cheryl Hines, uh, Jeremy Sisto, uh, the late, great Annie Griffith. Um was in it. Uh, it's about my favorite subject in the world, which is pies. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know Nathan Fillion, uh, as much as everybody talks about Firefly and, and everything else that he's been involved with, uh, he gets asked about Waitress a lot. That guy is a phenomenal actor. And the fact that he started in a show called uh Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. With Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> <laughs> and it, just following his career since then, just he, he grew as an actor, and he's just phenomenal. He's funny. I don't know. I just but love everything he's in. His delivery is phenomenal. Uh, I was just watching Slither the other day, and um, just the way he just quips back. I'm just like, man, why weren't you ever a superhero? Like, <laughs> well, he I is feel like Canadian. that's one of the most unjust things. <laughs> well, for the longest I mean, time. Reynolds got one. Yeah, I mean, for the longest We're time, people like was like, Nathan Fillion is Hal Jordan, is Green Lantern. I mean, he yeah. voiced him for a long time. But, I mean, live action, if you look at him and, and then Hal look Jordan. at Hal Jordan, it's like they look the same. But yeah, there's that, think, quippy, um, that quippiness too that mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion has. I mean, Ryan Reynolds has it too, but Ryan Reynolds is a lot sharper, and he would have always been a better Deadpool than a than a Green Lantern, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One thing that studios need to start coming off of is this um, need to cast for like a younger superhero, essentially. Like, I think that's why Fillion hasn't really gotten the opportunities. Uh, but look at Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man. Like, you should mm-hmm. be able to cast um, older actors and, and see what they can bring to it. Because, I mean, the, those are the ones that I, I've had the most fun with anyway. And Benedict Cumberbatch as, as Doctor Strange. and yeah. it, I just it think that uh, older Hal Jordan could be really cool. Yes. I think there should be, like, you know, there's a little bit of of all of us who feel like we're never too old to start something new and why not? Like, yeah. I think that that's, I, I really sometimes think that that's the heart of, of the human condition is like, we're always looking for the best laid plans for us. And if you're lucky enough for it to happen to you, you're lucky enough, I guess. But if you want to try something new, you should always be able to, no matter what your age is. So why do we say that Nathan Fillion can't play a superhero besides TDK? Um, oh, right. Yeah. Which I'd watch an entire series of that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and he was in the movie for 30 seconds. like of Just on. his arms just tickling people. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, as bizarre as it is. But I think that, you know... That's our human, our human problem. And maybe that's why our connection with food and food movies is so important because we, we do live in the world where food takes you back to that, to those moments. Like, you know, baking cookies with grandma or, or making something for the first time that didn't explode or catch fire. That's, that's a me thing. Just so you know. Yeah. I, uh, I like garlic make- bread on fire all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna hop this over to Willow. Uh, Willow, what do Al you? Al Fuego. All right. So Al Fuego. <laughs> yes, those Takis are burning, aren't they? He's like, I hate the whole bag. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, bud. <laughs> uh, all right. So staying on like the waitressing side of things, um, Untamed Heart was one of the best romance movies of the 90s, in my opinion. As much as I love, you know, Meg Ryan and her movies and her, you know, her and Tom Hanks are just fantastic together. Christian Slater, my God, my cat is driving me nuts. Um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Christian Slater and uh, Marissa to- and Marissa Tomei do such a oh. fantastic job together in this movie. And uh, Christian Slater plays this really shy uh, uh, chef, it, and just kind of like he's very he doesn't he doesn't talk to anyone. He just kind of hides in the shadows and watches everybody. And you know, just you know, Marissa Tomei. Isn't he a busboy? Wasn't he the bus Wasn't boy? he a busboy? I oh, uh, I'm so yeah. sorry. For some reason, I, apparently, I, I made up this whole new story. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> where, it was, like, where it was, where it was, no, 
that makes sense. But yeah, he cuts himself and Marissa Tomei's character just kind of treats him and that's where the relationship blossoms. And it's such a beautiful story and of course it hits you in the in the feels like right from the beginning. And I don't know, there's just something about, you know, yes, it's a sad movie. I don't want to give it away, but you know, it is it, it, like, okay. The spoiler thing is up for this. Movie. <laughs> like if you haven't seen this movie, it's a treasure. Go find the little gem. It's good. I mean, it's been 30. It's, you know, years in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Now, I do have a question. Is that, um, is he rocking a mullet in that or, or is it just longer? Is hair? He? It's a um, yeah, it's a mullet. It looks, it looks mullety. It's, it's good it's good for you, Christian. Good for you, <laughs> Mr. Robot. But, yeah, uh, I feel like there's only one person who can rock a mullet, and it's you, not Christian Slater. But okay. <laughs> no, it, it, it's funny because, like, uh, me and me, me and my husband, we were talking about this. It's like he, uh, like, I think it was soon after this movie where he just kind of disappeared. And like, and then of course he just he comes back on the scene. It's like, hey guys, I'm back. And it's like, oh, we forgot that you even existed. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he, he, I didn't forget. He had those <laughs> films like in the mid to late '90s, like uh, Hard Rain and um, uh, the one where they are in Vegas, and I think it's Vegas and the the body. Yeah, very bad up. things. Very bad things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that was that was kind of when he kind of disappeared for a while was uh right after that movie cuz he did uh well, he did Broken um, Arrow and Broken Arrow Pump Up the Volume and um well he was also in, in Robin Hood Robin Hood thing. and he did Untamed Heart and he did uh um what was it uh <sighs> True Romance and Heather's kind of in that mm-hmm. ten yeah. year span, and then when he did Very Bad Things, he kind of disappeared. And then there was, you know, Very Bad Thing. I guess Very Bad Things came out the same. Well, it came out the same year as Hard Rain, so I don't know. So I guess it's not that. I mean, I I guess maybe that's not right, but. He really had his heyday in the nineties anyways, but yeah. And um, he was much like Robert Downey Jr. where he got into some bad habits and did some bad stuff. And, mm-hmm. but it's funny. It's, it, it's hilarious that he plays himself in Archer <laughs> kind of, kind of himself. <laughs> yeah. I, I always really liked Christian Slater. So I, for me, it was my favorite movie in the nineties, like at least one of them. And I cry every time I see this stupid movie. I don't say stupid movie. It's not a stupid movie, but I but, cry. And yeah. it makes me cry. It's a stupid movie. Um, which is a lot of them actually. So I think that there was just this, like people that are important to us do tend to hang around food, I guess, you know, cause a lot of really good love stories are told in the kitchen too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so I think simply it, irresistible was the other one. Like, it's magic, but she's a chef. Yeah, it's she's Sarah Michelle she, Gellar, right? You know, she's baking this stuff, and he thinks that you know he she cast a spell on him, basically. You know, 
but her food is her outlet. Her food is her, is the way she makes magic and she puts all of her love and care into it. I think that that's really what food is. You really like to cook it and you really love to prepare meals and have family around and celebrate that. that. And this movie came out right in her heyday. Like Buffy had just taken off. Um, she was actually uh, they were you know there's a lot of stigma with the like you're a TV actor or TV actress and you, you can never make it in Hollywood and there were certain people that broke that mold and uh, for a short time span she was one of those TV actresses that did break the mold and you know made it in Hollywood hey she did a really good job as Daphne okay I liked her as Daphne. <laughs> so. so there's a scene in Simply Irresistible uh, where it's, um, uh, I want to say it's like towards the end of the film. Okay. Um, it's been a, a, a minute since I've seen this film. <laughs> uh, they're in like a gourmet restaurant, I believe. Okay. Um, I'll have to look this up and see if I remember this correctly. Um, but I remember like uh, the meal looking very delicious. Like I would, if I had the money, it's like, it was one of those, like, you know, you have to be, it, it, you know, have the money to, <laughs> to afford it. So I was like, if I had the money, I would totally eat that. <laughs> And that's a, a lot of the things that we see in, in these movies. It's like the food looks so delicious. It's like, I don't know if I can afford it. <laughs> I, um, loved, I loved the, um, the caramel or the caramel eclairs. It was a whole, the whole, um, the, the whole scene where she's making the eclairs. <laughs> And the woman comes, I think it's a woman, she comes and she's, they're absolutely to die for or something, something like that. And they're like addicted to them. Hmm. It was amazing. So I don't know. There's just like, I guess that movie sticks with me the most is that, you know, the food you make is like an extension of you. It's, it's, you're putting the love and care into it. So it's an extension of who you are and what you care about. Yeah. (sighs) And, yeah, I, I agree mean, completely. And then, of course, there's movies like Waiting, <laughs> where it's the it, it, okay, it's a lewd movie, but at the same time, you know that's the crap that happens in real restaurants. It's it's the dark side <laughs> of of the restaurant business. It's the part that nobody likes to talk about, but everyone mm-hmm. knows it's there. Like you don't piss off the wait staff, who then. Shouldn't piss off the kitchen staff because then now your now your food's gonna get messed up. And, okay, so th- this movie um, is like the the real ver like the restaurant version of Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so there you go. The greatest much- Dark Side of the Ring and the Dark uh, Dark Side of the Nineties. Your next project, Dark Side of the Restaurant Business. <laughs> oh, what's funny is while you watch. It takes place in uh, in in the restaurant called Shenanigans, which I didn't know was a real restaurant until 
you know, someone had pointed it out that shenanigans actually exist. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually shenanigans. No, it's based I on. It's supposed to be on Venegans. 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 Yeah. Okay, but the, but the name of the restaurant that they have in in waiting is Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Is it not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But but yeah. Um, so where's your flare? Yeah, Are you wearing your flare? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, I'm just um, going to tell you, the flare is a real thing. It's ridiculous. That is a real thing. We had lanyards. We would like, we had, we filled them up. And so we would talk about how many of us could be there. Wait, you actually like, worked at TGI Fridays? No, I, at Chuck E. Cheese. I worked oh, at Chuck E. Cheese. But it was the same thing. Even though it's not really a restaurant and not really, you know, it wasn't gourmet by any standpoint. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese was definitely not gourmet. It was barely pizza to begin yeah, with. Yeah, it was barely pizza. <laughs> Look, anywhere you can take your kid where the staff is the most militant mm-hmm. staff as far as like no kid gets out. Like everyone's staying in. <laughs> And then they give you just a giant pitcher of beer with your pizza. I mean, that's a good place. Like, let's. I'm not here to knock Chuck E. Cheese and their brilliant, brilliant design. And I don't know where they're getting the staff who's just like, I'm going to die for your kid. But like, they're in it. Like, okay, we we used to have a Chuck E. Cheese. Well, we used to have a couple of them, but the robots, the the robots had always creeped me out. Oh, of course. And of course. I, I, I'm I'm so glad that I'm not the only one who had that feeling. <laughs> oh no, there's an entire series of Five Night, Nights at Freddy's. It is. I haven't played Chuck that game yet, so <laughs> the kids think it's hilarious. The kids are like, "This is," and I'm like, "You know, there's a really a place that's like that." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would hate to work in a place like that. It's it's not it's not fun. It's. <laughs> I imagine the cleanup's bad too. Disgusting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of pizza, and then you go into a ball pit. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the cast of Waiting, and, I mean, Ryan Reynolds. <sighs> and Justin Long. Justin Long. But, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. But, now, this is kind of cool. John Francis Daly, uh, who played Sweets on uh, Bones, Bones. Uh, he also wrote Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yes, uh, him and his writing partner um, wrote that film. Uh, Dane Cook, of course, at at the height of his career. Uh, Louis uh, Guzman, uh, who, I mean, he's been in so much. Uh, Going back to John Francis Daly for a little bit, um, he was also in a really fantastic show called Kitchen Confidential with Bradley Cooper about – the kitchen staff at, at a, at a high end Italian restaurant and he played like the rookie character. It was a great show and it got canceled in one season, unfortunately, because Fox, but um, yeah, I'm not better. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Come um, on, Disney make a revival. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rob Benedict, uh, who plays Chuck in supernatural. He was in this. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there was, t- and he was in the sequel as well. Still waiting. Still Which is yeah. written by a Tampa resident. And the only reason I know that is because I was uh, working at a movie stop at the time. And this guy would come in every week and tell me that he was a writer 
uh, and that he was working on a movie, word for word, every single time, and he would tell me, it's still waiting, and then, like, go proceed to explain to me what waiting was <laughs> in the video store every single time. <laughs> and I was just like, do you, do I just look really different? <clears throat> or do you not recognize that I'm me every time? Once a week, at least for a month and a half. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm working on still waiting. So, yes. What, well, wasn't uh, oh, okay. David Kochner, wasn't he in the sequel as well? Yeah. 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 Um, and this was, you know, just a few years before. Uh, well, actually, no. The, the Office might have came out right a little bit after this, right? Oh, I don't know. When did uh, The Office come out? Let's see. The the American version or the British version? Oh, the, the American uh, version. The American one uh, came out in 2013. Oh. So when did this come out? This came out well, before that, right? Yeah, yeah that came out in 2005. So. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure movies like this, uh, I mean, David uh, is, you know, of course part of the crew that hangs with uh, Will Ferrell and all of them. Uh, so he was an anchor man. Uh, and then, you know, he did waiting. Uh, and I'm sure films like this uh, got him the role in the office. Uh, but is there a particular scene uh, involving food in this film that, uh, <laughs> that stands out to you, Omar? That stands out or, is the, or that is accurate? Like, what are we asking here? Okay, it, it'll be two questions. That stands out and then one that's accurate. Okay, that stands out is going to be, obviously, when they, they wreck that lady's food. Um, that's the grossest thing I've ever seen. I can honestly and safely say that I've worked in plenty of places good and bad and i've never seen anything quite like that that that's pretty horrific um that's accurate the ball game <laughs> is so yeah. super i mean there are variations but that is please so, tell me there's that, not that's the fucking thing that that cooks too they're just degenerates we we all there's a reason we're in the back of the house we, we can't Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're not meant for social life. And that's what happens when you put a bunch of them together. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just animals. <laughs> but no, for relatable, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say this, but because of you know, possibly my boss watching, I apologize. But the the girl that swears a lot in the movie that that is very vulgar. That is so oh, yeah. me. <laughs> and how she can like go from being like super like super angry all the time to like super nice i i've done it <laughs> whereas oh, like she, she she does the whole happy birthday thing with the ice cream she's like swearing up a storm i hate this i hate this job been there <laughs> and then turn around hey happy birthday <laughs> there is at least one of those in every restaurant no matter where it's at <laughs> at least it was me <laughs> <laughs> so before we hop into the next movie <laughs> hey, yep. use your pizza you can just play <laughs> and then we turn around and, and we're swearing under our breath yeah <laughs> So before we hop into the next film, uh, Omar, let's uh, hop back into your journey. Uh, when did um, the uh, the food school uh, stuff start for you? Okay, so um, I got in a job for the summer working in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands, uh, where uh, I'm not going to name the restaurant just in case he's still alive in there. Uh, but my kitchen manager on the first day that I walked back there was doing lines of Coke off the prep table. And he was dressed like a pirate. Um, and this was my boss for the first time, my, my first experience ever into a professional kitchen. I'm just like, Oh, okay. This is the guy. Um, but I eventually came back to, uh, the States and uh, I wanted to keep cooking and, and learning. So, of course, I thought I had to go to culinary school. I had to enroll in some type of program and do it. Um, so I enrolled in a semester. And uh, I was young, stupid, and living by myself for the first time. So I flunked out after I basically partied myself out and used up all the money to do so. And uh, ironically, the only jobs that would hire someone with no experience and no education were kitchens. So I got my job in the kitchen anyway. Um, Worked for a fast casual place called Little Greek, where we uh, opened up a few of them. And I helped open up a, a couple of them in the Tampa Bay area. Then I worked... Um, for a sports bar called Peabody's, which is still there. And I still have many friends there. It was a really great uh, learning experience. I cut my teeth there a lot. Um, eventually, I just knew that I wanted to challenge myself more as far as like what I wanted to cook. And I didn't just want to make like bar food. So I yeah, went. I, I remember Peabody's because that's that's when yeah. we first met up. Because we actually remember that was a, it was a long time ago. We went down there and we ate dinner. Yeah. A long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> we haven't and done so, anything like that in a very long time. Yeah, I know. We got to change it. <laughs> we got to change it. We all got to go out. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so I started working at other restaurants and learning uh, 
learning more. And then uh, I eventually got um, a little frustrated with uh, having to start over all the time because one of the downsides of working in the restaurant industry, it's you can have the greatest resume, but they want to see you work your way from the bottom up to the top, no matter where you go. Um, it's just the only way kitchen staff will get, will earn respect for you. And it's just, it's, it's how it's been forever. Uh, and I got tired of starting from the bottom again every single time. So I moved to front of the house and started bartending and getting into the beer industry for a little while. Uh, then the pandemic in 2020 happened. I found myself without a job and, um, I had a good relationship with uh, the folks uh, at the Mermaid Tavern on on Nebraska, locally here, uh, which was a craft beer bar and restaurant. And um, I had guest bartended for them for a little while, and, and uh, I was looking for work. And they really needed help in the kitchen, like bad. Like we're talking walkouts and everything i mean you know when when people are getting unemployment you know they they no longer need to deal with a lot of the bs that comes with working in a kitchen because you do have yeah. to put up with a lot um and it started off with me just being like well you know i can help you out i can do this and then it turned into them offering me a deal i couldn't refuse and then i became the head chef of the mermaid completely reconstructed their menu and, um, you know, it, it, it was a good time. It was a good, it was a fun ride. And I, uh, worked underneath some really, really awesome chefs throughout that whole pathway, uh, met some really cool people, um, in, in Orlando and stuff, people that worked for Emma Lagasse and, and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's, it's kind of the rock star lifestyle without the recognition i would say like you you start at you know nine in the morning you work until 10 p.m sometimes later and then you don't go right to sleep even though you're exhausted you drink and party with your friends and then do it all over again yeah. the next day for yeah. six days sometimes seven days a week so um it's definitely a young man's game <laughs> for I, sure i i remember when you came over uh, a couple months ago um before we moved and and we won't tell the stories here but i remember the two stories that you told about the the female chef that you worked for uh and oh, then yeah. and then the uh the incident i'll i'll leave it at that uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh willow we'll, we'll we'll tell you about that after uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll enjoy it <laughs> Those are definitely um, dark side of the ring stories. Yes. <laughs> now, um, is, is there a certain item on the, on the menu that you just despise making because everybody just seems to always make it? And there's one, it, sometimes there's just one product on the menu that you wish that people would, would order more so. But is there something that you don't like making because it's just, um, there's, tedious. I mean, for, for every restaurant that I worked at, there's always that one item, that one item that's just slightly inconvenient enough 
you know, it, nothing is ever hard. It's all repetition. You know, you get used to making the dishes. You get used to plating them and seeing how they come out. Uh, it's it's never difficult, right? But there's always that one thing that just, it just sets you off. And it's different <laughs> for everybody. Um, at Mermaid Tavern, it was a salad. It was, mm. the, the salad is called the Fuck Monsanto salad. And it... Is, it's an herb salad and there's different herbs and, and stuff in the salad, right? Well, if the prep guy or the person that opened the kitchen didn't pick the herbs from the herb garden and prepare them and wash them, and all of a sudden you have like three of those salads in the middle of a busy dinner rush, you got to go out and get those herbs. You can't just say it's 86 off the menu. Oh, no. And that happened to me all the time oh. my sous chef god bless him wherever he is uh would drive me insane i thought that i was going to kill this guy on <laughs> several occasions because when he would open it was just this sinking feeling of dread that those herbs were not getting picked yeah like it just wasn't going to happen so i would immediately like clock in at like seven and run out to the herb garden as fast as I could before the tickets start streaming in. Mm-hmm. Because I was just like, I know you didn't do it. So, <laughs> uh, but every time, yeah. every time. Oh, Shout man. out to you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so, since you brought it up, um, why don't you uh, let people know about the Mermaid Tavern? Uh, sounds like a really cool place. Sure. I, I still very much have a great relationship with those guys. I love them very much. Uh, they've been very supportive of me while I've gone through treatment. Um, and their current uh, chef is a guy that I respect immensely. His name's Colin. Um, they're great guys over there. They, it's uh, All the food has no preservatives. There's nothing um, you know, toxic or chemi- chemically uh, involved in it. Um, so everything you're getting is, you know, farm the table, uh, very fresh. Uh, our fish is is brought in daily. Um, yeah, we, like I said, we have an herb garden for for our our vegetables. Um, and uh, I mean, the the menu's gone through changes. So off the top of my head, I don't know exactly like everything that's on it, but I can say if you find yourself in the Tampa Bay area. And you decide to go by there. The brisket tacos. I wish I would have thought about this before I had left because they are so damn good. <laughs> and Colin really knocked it out of the park. Like they are, it's barbecue brisket tacos with a slaw that they, that they make. I think the slaw is still my recipe. I'm not sure, but this thing is killer. And uh, like I said, I am very jealous that I wasn't the one to think that one up. Well, I'm going to post the link in the chat for everybody to follow. Um, I'm looking it up here and it it looks pretty neat. Like it actually kind of has like a bit of a Starbucks feel to it for as as a bar goes or a bar bar restaurant, but it looks neat. Yeah, it's a fun spot to hang out at. They have a built in dog park. And like a lot oh, of patio wow. seating, like a lot more than most places do. So it's just like a fun place to hang out. You get to try some cool craft beer that you won't get anywhere else in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, the, the, the food's excellent. It's very upscale uh, bar fare for the most part. I mean, when I was on there, we had more uh, more plates as far as like I, I was doing like uh, goat ribs and truffle fries and and things like that. Uh, but what was the item that they couldn't keep because people kept ordering it that you made? Was it like a gumbo or something? Yeah. So my gumbo, which I still make to this day, just cause I feel like it, um, is a chorizo and shrimp gumbo. Hmm. Um, it's my play on it. I, I have a lot of Caribbean influence from, you know, my upbringing, but one of the main chefs that I trained on, actually a few of the chefs that I've trained under, all these guys come from Cajun country. So uh, I have a large, large like Louisiana influence in my cooking. And I tend to put spins on dishes and, and make uh, versions of that. Um, the, the gumbo that I make uh, doesn't have rice in it. It's, uh, it's a bean gumbo. And it's made uh, with a little more tropical, like I said, Caribbean spices and flavoring to it, um, using chorizo instead of andouille. Um, shrimp and catfish pretty much goes hand in hand in, in gumbo. It's really good. Uh, I will say this, though. If you are making it, um, your your catfish will disappear as you're cooking it, like it will cook itself into the broth. So don't be alarmed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the catfish is such a thin fish that it just breaks down and just fuses uh, okay. with the broth. Which so is add it at the end. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, Wait, yeah. I would always a totally add different the... flavor to it then, right? Like yeah. a consistency yeah. and a texture as well. Yeah. And uh, for proteins, you always add them at the end because they do break down a little bit. The fr- The shrimp will hold. And okay. uh, gumbo, as a rule, is always better the next day. So okay. make a big pot of it, stick it in your fridge, pull it back out, and you got yourself a good time. Awesome. Um, yeah, I used to that. That was one of my favorite things to make. Uh, I took a lot of pride in that. Um, I do a lot of comfort food, man. Like I'm not <laughs> one of these guys that like is really excited about like the deconstruction of a plate or anything like that. Like if you just put like a little, like a breakdown of a sauce on a plate and and make it look pretty, like that doesn't do anything for me, man. I want to go to a restaurant to eat, to feel full. Uh, So I like my rustic cooking, you know, rustic's kind of a dirty word in the culinary field. Sometimes usually people seem to, Think that they tend to use it for every every right. like uh, new thing that's out now. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, people are criticized saying that they're, um, you know, if you say that you're a rustic cook, you don't have the technique, and that's just that's just untrue. You know, um, you're just giving the people what they want. Yeah, in the masses, <laughs> ratatouille is a rustic dish. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of ratatouille. <laughs> what reminded me. <laughs> so uh, He doesn't what, sit on my head, though. What, what's next on your list there, Omar? As far as movies? Uh, let yeah. me see. I got... Well, you brought it up. Burnt with Bradley Cooper. Yes. So uh, Bradley Cooper is actually... like We talked about John Favreau learning how to cook. And he's, his knife skills are amazing, by the way. If you've ever seen John Favreau chop something up, it's 
pretty dope. He does it like the best. Um, but Bradley Cooper went and trained in Gordon Ramsay's kitchens f- to prepare for burn. And really? It wasn't like a let me guide you and, you know, we'll put you on something easy and you can observe it. No, Ramsey was just like, no, if you're going to come into my kitchen, you're going to cook and you're going to work. By the end of his training, he was cursing and BSing with the guys. And he was just one one of the line cooks, man, one of the boys. Yeah, that and, just shows what kind uh, of actor he is because uh, he did the same thing for, you know, even though he directed it uh, for the um, – the movie he did with Lady Gaga, uh, Starsborn. Oh, Starsborn. Yeah, yeah, the whole like singing thing. Like he wanted to to be as accurate as possible. He went in well, and he learned the guitar too. Yeah, he learned all yeah, that. So. I, I have a lot of respect for for his dedication and what he does for movies. You know, he's um, he's incredible. That movie in particular um, shows the obsessive side of the culinary world. There is you have to have a certain kind of ego to work at a kitchen at a high level. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't get a line cook job and be an easygoing guy. I'm just saying that that easygoing guy gets chewed up and spit out um, in higher professional kitchens. It's, it's a tough place to be, especially if you uh, pull a short straw and your head chef is a French trained chef with those, um, traditions of screaming at you and essentially reaching into your soul and pulling it out. Like it's, it's almost like a fatality every time you walk into the kitchen and have him jump on you, Like you pray that you're doing a good job. And the only sign that you have that you're doing a good job is that he doesn't talk to you, you know, he or she, I should say, because I've worked for some real tough ladies before. Yeah, so for people that might not know this movie, uh, can you kind of go into what it's about a little bit? Yeah, so uh, Bradley Cooper plays a um, a chef that's fallen from grace. You know, he's um, he was a two-star Michelin chef, which the Michelin star is the holy grail of the culinary world. Um, you can go to places, excuse me, uh, you can go to places that are... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Called like four-star and five-star restaurants, and you'll get very good food. But a, a restaurant that even has one Michelin star is far above 
said five-star restaurant, right? Yeah. Uh, to have a Michelin star, it's your Oscar. It's your, you know, uh, Nobel Prize. Um, to have two of them, and it's a line in the in the movie that makes you like Luke Skywalker, right? And then to have three would make you Yoda or Darth Vader. Like that's to have three is so rare, and the you can literally count. Uh, how many chefs have them on on your fingers, you know, without running out of room. Um, It's such a difficult thing to do because not only once you get your star, every year after that, you fight to keep your star. So it's not only that you're getting, you're trying to go for that extra star and, and get it, but you're also trying to make sure that the quality of what you did last year doesn't falter because they can literally take one from you. And uh, it's caused a lot of um, chefs like nightmares, nightmares. There's a really good documentary about Gordon Ramsay getting his third. Uh, it's called Boiling Point. I think it was 1999 when it came out. Excellent documentary. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, but Burnt is about the quest of this man getting his third star. And when you first meet him, he's in self-imposed exile, uh, chucking oysters. And I think it's something like, uh, he was going to chuck a million oysters before he went back into the restaurant industry and took over a kitchen again. And we meet him on his millionth oyster. And then he just up and quits. Like he walks out of the place and goes, I'm done. Came here for what I needed to do. And he assembles his um, his dirty dozen, his uh, seven samurais, uh, to make up this super team of chefs, um, and and work at this restaurant to try to get try to get that third star. And it shows kind of like the the egotistical underbelly of it all. Like his competitive nature and ego is what damages relationships in the movie. And also it's what makes certain people respect him. And you kind of see that duality throughout the entire film. It's, it's really well done. Yeah. Uh, and the character that he meets at the restaurant is played by Sienna Miller. And I, I actually liked her character. She. Oh yeah. I thought the whole, the whole cast is really good. You have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Baron Zemo, uh, Daniel Bruh. Yeah. Daniel Bruh. Um, he does an excellent part as as the uh, as the hotel owner that that actually owns the restaurant. And, uh, and the hotel is it with, Uma with Thurman? Uma Thurman's in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uma, Uma Thurman's in there. Emma uh, Omar Sy. Emma Thompson. Yeah, o- yeah, Omar Sy plays his sous chef and has a really awesome scene with 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 Bradley Cooper in there that I, I don't want to spoil for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. But it, it's excellent, definitely worth checking out. Yes. Uh, so um, another movie that is is a bit similar to this, uh, just not as. What are you doing? <laughs> we have a rat here. He's very adventurous. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, it's a film with, I believe it was 2007. Uh, it stars Aaron Eckhart. And Catherine Zeta Jones. It is called No Reservations. Yeah. Oh my God, this film is so good. 
earlier we were talking about uh, romances in the kitchen. I thought that's when we were going to bring this one up, actually, because uh, it's very much a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. Um, both Aaron Eckhart and Catherine Zeta-Jones trained in Emerald's kitchens in preparation for the role. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Aaron Eckhart in particular, I believe, stayed a little bit longer than he was contracted to uh, because he enjoyed it so much. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, actually, when they, uh, he wanted, like, he always loved cooking because I've heard interviews and he said, you know, he, he felt he was a, you know, he's a good cook, but not like a chef type cook. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that's why he decided he wanted to stay longer to, to learn more of the ways of the chef. Yeah. Yeah. You make it sound so elegant. Like, I feel like a <laughs> when you say it that way. <laughs> But in reality, it's more like a pirate. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> as I said, it was it's his character. Um, well, I guess it's kind of role reverse. Catherine Zeta Jones is more like Bradley Cooper's character, uh, where she, she's a bit hard headed, uh, like Bradley right. Cooper's she's character. Very, she's very driven, right? She, right. Um, and that honestly is, I think, the most accurate thing about the movie is. Um, being a chef, uh, being a line cook in general, is not super conducive to family life. <laughs> you work, you go home, you sleep, you work. Um, yeah. There's really little time for anything else. Um, the hours are long. The schedule is brutal. It's not. It's not for everybody. Uh, you really have to love what you're doing to yeah. pursue it. And do it for a long time. And sometimes mentally you could still love it, but physically like you're just unable to. Um, and I think they captured that really well in this movie because uh, for those that don't know, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is a chef uh, of a high-end restaurant and she becomes the sole guardian of her niece or... Uh, or Yeah, it was her niece. Was it? Was it, it was her niece? Okay. Uh, of her niece, played by uh, Abigail Breslin, uh, a very young Abigail Breslin at the time. And uh, now she has to juggle those two lives, and it it's not something easily done. Um, I can say before I stepped away from the restaurant industry, I, I barely saw my kids. Like, mm. it was once every once in a while. It's very, very hard. Um, as much as I love the notoriety and everything I was doing in the kitchen, um, it doesn't leave much room for, for a social life. Yeah. Well, uh, one of my, mine and Joe's favorite uh, date night places uh, actually was sold off because the owner had actually said uh, to his wife that if he's here more than her, he's selling Mm -hmm. the place. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened was he was there the majority of the time and she was at home. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite scenes from this movie is the scene where uh, she's basically going off on Aaron Eckhart and he's like still calm and cool. And, you know, I believe he was cutting up meat or something or he was doing something and she was like, you know, you're here to take my job or whatever. And he, just you know, looks up and says, "Who 
who said, I'm here to take your job. I never said that I was here to take your job. You know, he just loves to cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, that also kind of shows the, um, like, the role of a sous chef. Now, the sous chef has the hardest job in the kitchen. They're the do boy for the chef. Like, they get yelled at the most. They get, you know, it's on them to execute everything. But for whatever reason, when you're a sous chef, you're not as high strung. Like, you're super cool, calm and collected. You're still one of the boys, so they all respect you. They all work with you on the front line. And, you know, you all go drinking afterwards. Versus, like, the head chef, that dynamic can change all the time. And I think that Aaron Eckhart played that really well. He's just like, okay, you're frustrated. You're doing this thing. I don't have a care in the world. I'm just here to do this job. And he has the freedom to think that way because the pressures are not on him. If they fail, the pressure's on her. Yeah. Yeah. How would you rate the kitchen scenes uh, of this movie? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They were good. They were fine. Um, they didn't focus a lot on that, right? So like in the 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 way the, the shots are set up and the angles, you only see like a corner of the kitchen at a time. So it's very hard for you to get like a real feel of like this kitchen's a living, breathing thing because there's no wide shot that shows everybody hustling and bustling at once. You see a person in a close-up too close to, to Captain Zeta Jones's character, or you see Aaron Eckhart off uh, on his lone prep table at a station showing Abigail Breslin how to do something. Um, it's you don't get an intimate um relationship with the kitchen itself right not like burnt where you see the chaos you know or chef as well does a really good job of it too where they just show you the whole kitchen everybody's moving the frame may be centered on john favreau and and john leguizamo talking to each other but in the background you see waitresses running back and forth you see cooks doing stuff there's 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 actual cooking going on uh, and you don't get that from no reservations. They hmm. they definitely played to their strengths and and didn't want to show you too much. It's almost like um, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, um, the close-ups of all the fight scenes. So you can't really tell like yeah. if any fancy sh- shit's going on, but you just assume it is because it's Batman. Yeah, it's oh. it's that. So this film is actually adapted from uh, another film, uh, mostly Martha. Yeah, I've heard about it. I've never seen it. Uh, which is a, a, I believe it is a foreign film. Uh, I was, I saw a list of films on YouTube yesterday. Uh, a uh, page put together ten uh, films, and mostly Martha was on that list. There are a lot of really good foreign. Uh, movies involving culinary uh i just haven't seen them unfortunately i wish i did yeah um there's one 
starring uh Jean Renault from uh from The Professional where he's he's a he's a French chef and it's supposed to be one of the best movies on the subject ever made. But I haven't seen it. I don't know how to locate it. I don't even know if it's on Amazon to rent. Uh I'd like to one day though. Yeah, uh that movie, yeah, it's funny you brought that up was in that YouTube clip that I posted. I believe it came in at like number 5. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no reservations is like not only one of my, uh, favorite culinary type films, uh, it's one of my favorite films. I just, I just love that movie so much. Um, but you know, we did bring up a little bit about foreign films. Uh, you said there's, there's a lot out there, even though you haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, do you know, do you want to name off some of these? Oh, um, trying to think, well, there, there was that one. Uh, that I mentioned, which I, I wonder what the name of it is. I know there was a German one too, which I wish I should have wrote down this name. But while you're looking that up, there, uh, Willow, um, do you remember No Reservations? Have you seen this movie? I unfortunately have not. Uh, I've heard of it several times, and it it is a movie that is kind of on the list of many movies that I need to see yet. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely looks it looks like a good movie. Yeah, here in the states, it is available to stream on HBO Max, so I'm sure it's available somewhere up there in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't believe I couldn't think of this one off the top of my head, but uh, Chocolat with, with Johnny Depp in it is, is definitely up there. Uh, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman is on there from Taiwan. Um, see, this is one that I haven't seen or heard of before called Tampopo. It's like a it's it's called a ramen western, so I'm already curious. <laughs> uh, like water for chocolate, um, Babette's feast is is from Denmark. Uh, mostly Martha's on there. Uh, the lunchbox, and for some reason I can't find that one film with John Renault in it. I don't know. You know, we should just do that one one of these days. Just pick an yeah. obscure foreign film. We all watch it and, right. and then, and then <laughs> do our own reviews. review on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, is there another film there on your list? You said you had about 18. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have plenty. Um, there is one that I wanted to talk about that's not really known too much. Uh, it's called Dinner Rush. I think it came out in like 2002, around there. Basically, this, um, if I remember correctly, this guy's like a, um, like, like a grifter or whatever, but he owns a restaurant. He's like this super, like, Sopranos Italian type of guy. He owns a restaurant, and he go, he decides he wants to, like, put more time into the restaurant, and he goes there, and he sees, like, the crap show that goes on 
on a busy night in a New York City restaurant. And what I love about it is what I love about a lot of these movies is the accuracy and the attention to detail, like from the wait staff to the to the line cooks in the back and and all that stuff. A lot of the stuff that waiting kind of plays for laughs, um, they take a little more uh-huh. serious take in it. Yeah, it came um, out in 2000, and I'm looking yeah, at just 2000. I'm looking at the cast, and it's got a 91 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, one second, I think I yeah picked it up for like three bucks. Oh, look at that! Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a it's a excellent excellent movie, especially if you kind of want to see what what it's like uh working a dinner rush uh and how overwhelming and stressful that it can all be so easily you could be doing this for years and the dinner rush will still try and break you every time yep (laughs) so there's another film that came out within the last, uh, i say 10 years, uh, that a lot of people liked uh, because of the, the premise, and that's Julie and Julia. Uh, my uh, girlfriend that doesn't know she's my girlfriend, Amy Adams, is in it. <laughs> uh, but it it's... Um, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> a little slow. Uh, and then it's um, shut up. As uh, Julia Childs, it's um, yeah. I'm, you, I'm just gonna start throwing things at him. Yeah, you distracted me, throwing. But um, okay, I have my cat uh, that's pacing back and forth. Yeah, Meryl Streep as Julia Childs. Sit down. And uh, this movie is interesting how they do it because it's like. It takes place in modern time, but then it flashes back to uh, Julia Childs and how their their lives parallel each other. And right, I right. Really- um, I have a funny story about this movie, which is not really about this movie, but it, it'll link. I promise. Um, me and my buddies were were doing trivia at a bar one time, and uh, my roommate Tim was with me, and a uh, the question was, um, who star who starred in in this film about dancing with? And they said the actor's name, and they uh, they mentioned the year, uh, and they talked about how she was like a a, a ballerina that uh, it was disgraced or whatever. And the, the movie was Save the Last Dance, and he screams out at the top of his lungs. Julia Childs instead of Julia Ch- uh, Julia Styles. <laughs> so we got the question wrong, and we all just ragged on him for the rest of the night. I was just like, "How did you think that movie would go?" <laughs> like you just have a lady doing her best Mrs. Doubtfire impression while dancing. <laughs> like, <it was> so- <laughs> and now I really want to see that film. And I hope- <laughs> Someone out there directs it. Someone more talented than me, please make this movie. I will fund you. <laughs> there you go. You can thank Omar later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, 
Wait, yeah. I'm, I'm turning into Ryan here. It's like, uh, I haven't seen this movie either. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really great movie. Um, it's Nora Ephron, if I'm not mistaken. So she, you know, wrote, yeah. you know, When Harry Met Sally and all that good stuff. Um, and, and it's very much in line with those kind of movies, you know, that she balances the humor really well. It's very feel good. You talked about movies that have a lot of heart. This one has it. Uh, and you get to see the life of an aspiring food blogger and also see the life of Julia, who, you know, was going into a man's field in mm-hmm. culinary. It's st- It boggles my mind how it's still very male centric considering every single one of those guys will tell you they learned from their grandma every single one oh uh, but here's the thing here here's what boggles my mind okay how how the world has you know well become less you know uh about women belong in the kitchen but how how it was like for so long women belong in the kitchen but then yet there's more male chefs Oh, well, it's, it's women belong in the kitchen unless they're able to make money. You can't, they can't succeed, Willow. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you can't, they can't possibly well, make an independent living for themselves. That's not right. <laughs> That's, they got to do that for free. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it shows her hardships. Everything. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and culinary is, is just no, there's no difference there. You know, they, um, it, it's the sad, sad part about it. It is changing to a uh, to a degree, but I can safely say that if I have the same starting point as my female coworker, it's going to be much harder for her to get the same opportunities. We could cook the exact same, know the exact same techniques, everything exactly the same, and guaranteed I get offered that promotion first. And it's not fair. It's not right. Yeah. But I think there's an understanding of gender too in that. Like the the battle of the sexes is always going to win there because if it really is a cutthroat profession. I mean, they made a movie about it, uh, well, involving tennis, but I mean, it kind of plays it out. But then when you think about that, it's like if it's a cutthroat profession, then are women really, that's not something we, we don't want women to be cutthroat. We want them to be demure and we want them to, you know, follow the rules and stand behind the man and blah, blah, still yet, even to this day in a way. And so, you know, to this day, if we, if we do, if we could rise to that place, then, then we're a bitch or then we're this, or, you know, we, we come with a label because of, we just shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It's funny how you say bitch because isn't there a female chef uh, that is, she calls herself uh, the bitch chef or something Nadia, like that? Nadia, Nadia, she's on the Food Channel <laughs> or on the Cooking Channel. It's just it's called Bitch in Kitchen. So you know, like the the point is that you know there are That's some a very Russian name too. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you think about it, didn't we all learn to cook from the females in our family? Yeah. 100%. I mean, really. So let me ask you this, Omar. Um, since you really do love everything about uh, cooking and stuff, do you remember any of the uh, Julia Child's like 
TV shows. Uh, she was kind of like the Bob Ross of cooking. Like she had uh, shows. So, so um, I believe they aired on PBS when I was when I was younger. Yes. Um, so I did catch a couple of them, but um, for for me, like that introduction to, to that. That cooking celebrity was Emerald, right? Like when I was growing up and I actually got an interest in cooking was probably around sixth grade and middle school. And me and my my best bud, uh, Daniel Miranda, who I am friends with to this day, and he is also an incredible chef. Um, we would watch Emerald a lot, but I would I would catch I was familiar with Julia Child. I. I I can't say that I, I watched a lot of her, her specials, though. Oh, yeah. So the next movie that we uh, should all talk about here, um, and you brought this up, and um, I was looking at the cast, and, I mean, it's got Helen Mirren. It's The 100-Foot Journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I'm also looking at the actor here. He actually plays on the hit Fox show, The Resident. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Manish, uh, I'm going to butcher the name because it's Indian. Uh, Dale? Uh Uh-oh. I told you that it doesn't work. Hold on. Got to plug us in. (laughs) Okay. But, yeah, you want to talk about the 100-foot journey? Yeah. So it's it's based off of a a book that's – there's – for as many movies as there are on the subject of cooking, uh, there's not a lot of fiction like in books. Uh, and this is one of the few that are, that is really, really enjoyable and really fun. Oh man, I'm going to get an epileptic seizure just like staring at your screen guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's about an Indian family that, um, I want to say they moved to France and uh, they decide to open up their Indian restaurant across the street from like a French restaurant that has like two Michelin stars, you know, and um, Helen Murin plays the chef and owner of that restaurant and she takes a lot of umbrage with with the family across the street and their their style of cooking it's it's loud it's family style it's not the proper french way but um the young son uh is an aspiring chef and he wants to learn under her because she's the best so he takes a job with her and he works his way from the bottom up and shows off his talent with his with his spices from from his home, and um, it, it's just a really feel good movie because uh, it shows his journey uh, into becoming a chef, and it also shows a romance blossom between Helen Mirren and his father as neighbors who you know they're kind of like oil and water at first. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I was giving my hey, cat crap for you know, being a little <laughs> nuisance. Um, no, I, I again, 
it's a movie that I need to see. <laughs> you know, I, okay. There's, um, uh, I mean, it's got I, Helen Marin. I'm trying to remember the, it, it was an East, it, it had, it stars a East Indian cast and it's about a restaurant as well. And that, uh, brain, um, I try to remember what the name of that, that movie is. Um, but yeah, um, it's similar in that where they're trying to get get recognized and get that that star, and um, but no, it's uh, now I, I I gotta remember what that movie is. Um, your reviews are uh, of these movies are fantastic, and I, I honestly think that. You know that that is very much like a, a calling that you should do is like do like movie reviews with food and. Uh, man, if they keep making them, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many out there that you could actually just do it now, man. I mean, I feel like it should, it should come from someone who actually understands the profession, not. Yeah, I mean, like, what was it? Was it TBS or TNT? No, TBS. They do dinner, dinner and a movie. Mm. Uh, but it's. I remember those. That was a that was a great. I love those. Yeah, like when they would come back from commercial break, they would be like, you know, before they hop into the movie, they would uh, be making something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was my one of my original ideas for a YouTube channel. Actually, before Babish cornered the market on me. Um, now we're too much alike and one has to go. Um, but originally I wanted to call it date night and have it be like, you know, you're staying in, you're watching a movie and you're going to cook, a a dinner, a, a dish that pertains to the movie and pair it with like a craft beer or wine or something. Cause that was another aspect that I was very interested in, oh. but, um, blame that guy and all of us. <laughs> I say do it. Do it anyway. <laughs> well, and now I'm that that was on TV, <laughs> that was on TV, now you can corner the market on YouTube and make it, you know, because most of us are watching streaming anything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely have to check out the 100-foot journey, though. That Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Helen Marin, you had me at Helen Marin. I mean, she's <laughs> great in everything. Hell, she, oh, yeah. she's in Fast and the Furious, and she's great in that. So, when and anytime you're talking about cooking other food, like we all know, like the the French are, you know, they pretty much have the market on being chefs and stuff. But like you, you see French, you see Italian, you don't really see a lot of Indian influences unless you're mm-hmm. watching the Food Network. And then, so when you're seeing any kind of other other ethnic areas that are making food and they love what they're doing. I think it's the same thing. Like, you know, uh, who was the girl's name that was from India and she, or she's Indian born and. Oh, she um, was on the next food network star. Yeah. And she has a show, but I just don't get to watch it very often. And I'm just like, she makes it feel like it would be easy to prepare Indian food. And and to me, I feel like I would screw it up yeah. all the time. Well, because I, I know, you know we're talking on films, but, but I I do want to 
do a little drop here. Uh, the Food Network, this is what I love about them, is that they have all kinds of cultures uh, in their shows. So, you know, we had, you know, for the longest time, there was the Emerald Lagasse, which was a lot of the, the Cajun stuff. Uh, Wolfgang Puck had his show. Um, and then you had people like uh, Tyler Florence and uh, Bobby Flay. Uh, and then, of course, the, the Iron Chef, the U.S. version was on there. Um, so, like, uh, you had all these different culture uh, styles of cooking. And that's, I think, I think di- just Discovery Scripts Networks that, that owns all their channels. They just know what to do that mm-hmm. works. Yeah. But you want to, but I want to see, like, part of what made Rachel Ray so easy to follow was that she used interesting everyday things that you could buy in the supermarket, but you may not have ever bought because you're, you know, you're a busy, you have five minutes to prep dinner, like kind of mom, mm-hmm. you know, but you could still make something that was really great. And she made it seem easy and she made it very attainable for us, you know, to follow a recipe and to, to use things we could find in the supermarket. See, and, I like Rachel Ray, and I also don't like her in, an, in well, a way because yeah. she she puts down baking so much. During, I do, and I you know, I'm just like I I like her cookbooks. I don't generally like her, <laughs> um, but I do like any place where well, I get to watch. No, we have to say she might be a great person. I mean, we don't well, know. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure she's not watching this, so don't worry about it. But, um, like, but people that make food more attainable for me, like. I I love the idea of eating food that other people prepare because I don't feel like I'm capable enough of preparing it. I can follow a recipe, but I don't have the skills to just make something. Yeah. Like I'm I'm very much of the uh cooking and baking on a budget kind of type and you know, you yeah. It takes nothing to bake. Like, honestly, yeah, it, 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 the prep work, it, it can be a little frustrating. But, you know, once you actually have all your stuff together, it really isn't. My, my husband he laughs at me because of the fact that, you know, I'll use every bowl in my <laughs> cupboard once in a while, depending on yeah. what I'm baking. But, like, even cooking. A lot of it is, yeah, time management. Once you have that down, once you get, like, have it in your head, how long it takes everything, chicken, 45 minutes. You know? It doesn't feel as as unattainable when somebody shows you how to do it. Like, that's the whole thing. Um, Of course, yeah, my knife skills are terrible. (laughs) And I have the inch scar to prove it like i i know but omar said he would help you but i can i don't think i want to have to (laughs) (laughs) there see that's the whole like i'm intimidated by food and people who can prep it everyone cuts themselves yeah i've done it plenty well you know, Before I, I burn myself this. like constantly, but I, I'm not afraid of the oven. I just, I have, I've grown very attached to my fingers. <laughs> I like them. Yes. You know, as stubby as they are, I, I like them. So before we hop into the next film here, uh, while we're talking about, you know, losing digits, I'm, no, 
Omar, um, what is some of like your what is like your go to dish that that you like to make at home? Um, hmm. I go through phases. Like I will cook something. Let's say like uh, um. I'm doing a, a, a cookout at a barbecue and I want to play with the smoker that I have outside. Um, I will then cook barbecue for like the next two weeks straight of just smoking meat and trying different things. Um, like that good uh, guava sauce? Yeah. So uh, currently right now I'm working on a line of barbecue sauces that I plan on bottling and selling. Um, one of them... Uh, is a guava barbecue sauce that's made with, um, I don't know if you guys know what this is, but uh, Marta, it's a like a Spanish like malt soda beverage. So it, in Georgia, pat- particularly, uh, they made like Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce, very popular. Oh. Uh, so a lot of people are doing like soda-based barbecue sauce as well. I just took that concept and I swapped it out for the Marta. Because, I mean, living in Tampa, that's something you can get at every drugstore and, and corner store. And um, Well, even Publix. Publix here, is it? Oh, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, I, I wanted to do guava for the, for the actual main flavor of it. And I added uh, habanero. And it came out really, really well. Everyone really loved it. Um, actually ended up winning a... Uh, competition off of that sauce and then um i currently i recently just made a um peach and sweet onion carolina sauce mm. that i think is better than the guava sauce like i think that's the best barbecue sauce i've ever made uh and the whole reason i made it was because i was watching the disney movie holes with my son okay yeah, yeah. A, a light bulb went off while I was watching the movie because, you know, the whole subplot with the onions and, and the fermented peaches and stuff, I was like, oh man, I bet that would make a really good sauce. And it did. Um, I'm pretty proud of this one. So I'm thinking about doing another two for the, for the initial line, start off with four and then add as I go along once, once I start getting some traction. Uh, there's, when you walk through the aisles at a supermarket, you can buy every hot sauce under the sun, but there's only maybe two to three barbecue options that are different flavors. So they don't have like any fun, like tropical flavored barbecue sauces and stuff that they're readily selling. And I think that's a really big missed opportunity. Yeah. I think Sweet Baby Ray's has like a kind of, it's called Hawaiian, but I mean, yeah, but like, it's always like something that has pineapple in it. Yeah. yeah, but but he's right. There's not a lot of like choices outside of like you know your standard barbecue sauce and like your Carolina barbecue sauce. I think everybody kind of sticks with a certain kind and not they don't really do a lot of fusion or or mm-hmm. yeah yeah right. and you know the, the hot sauce, the hot sauce you know he brought up the hot sauce mm-hmm. the hot sauce market is like oversaturated there's hot sauces like up the wazoo i mean but yeah barbecue sauce is something that uh is something that needs to be tapped into mm-hmm. so fingers crossed people will like them when i start selling them 
I'll send you guys bottles, of course. Yay. Yay. So, we'll show them on the show. Now, <laughs> yes. I'll be and, your and, spokeswoman. <laughs> we, we, I'm a sauce girl. So, like, the more I can put on stuff, like, Brian looks at me as like, what are you doing? I said, <laughs> I'm putting stuff on it. He says, you don't need to. And I'm like, yes, I do. Like, I don't feel right if I don't have something on She's it. She's having food with her sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I have some fries with my ketchup. I'm I'm bad. It's 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 a thing. Well, so, I'm definitely a pasta girl and you know uh fettuccine. Fettuccine Alfredo uh is one of my favorite dishes. And there's a restaurant here that's local and I told them that if they ever bottle their sauce, I will buy it because it's it's one of the best in the city. Uh, it's called Big Guys, and it ha- it like they're, they're a Texas barbecue kind of place, and it's so good. Okay, uh, so I know what what I like that you make, and I know it's not your recipe, it's not my recipe, but Omar will agree the tostadas. Oh yeah, those are amazing. And my whole thing is is it's it's a Rachel Ray recipe, and but you so- did. So it is, it. it is legitimately like the only way I get my kids to eat vegetables that are not, <laughs> I don't even know. I, at this point, they're so uninterested in vegetables. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's rotisserie chicken with zucchini and, um, cheese. That's two, two different kinds of cheese and it's, uh, tomatillo green salsa and so it's super easy to make and i i store by toward uh, the tostada shells because you can make them but i you know putting things in the broiler is bad for me and i blow things up and burn them (laughs) and set fire to things it's it's not good um and if you know me you know why because i can't i have terrible time management skills and i don't pay attention and my mom tells me this all the time. She says, you're the worst cook ever. But Omar. But oven have timers <laughs> on it. Omar did try these. <laughs> and Omar loved them. I, I remember he. he was, these are really good. I was like, yeah, minus the knife skills. Don't look at those. <laughs> yeah, I um, I remember like trying to put on a brave poker face when I realized it was all gone. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I, like I, I like peeked around into the kitchen. I was just like. It's like there aren't mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because I do get the kids to eat them. And I don't know how that happened, but they'll eat them. Please send um, me the recipe on that because I will definitely try it. Yeah. It's so, it's so, they're so good. And I'm one of those people that the less amount of time I have to take and cook it, cooking chicken makes me crazy. Like mm-hmm. I am afraid of chicken. So it was a recipe that I didn't have to cook the chicken. I could go get the chicken from somewhere and then just prep it and do it that way. And I'm just not like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm afraid of cat. I don't know. There's, I just have problems. (laughs) So so here's a, here's a fun one. Uh, We'll start with Omar. Uh, Drink of choice. Like what is your favorite drink to make? Favorite drink to make? Um, Actually, you know what? I don't need any thinking on this. I know exactly what it is. Um, so I make a peanut butter white Russian. 
that I've ordered so much at my local bar that they just call it the Omar. <gasps> wow. Okay. Yes. I will also and need the recipe on that. Anything that has to do with ball. peanut butter? It's a uh, screwball whiskey, um, Kahlua, and creamer. Uh, or heavy cream. Ooh, so that's it. All the is it? It's the, it. the the peanut butter screwball, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, other peanut butter whiskeys are out there. They don't taste quite as good. The one that I think is closest is the Old Smoky. But mm-hmm. if you can get screwball, that's that's the one that you want. It, it tastes like a peanut butter milkshake, mm-hmm. and they're super dangerous. I can knock back a bunch of them thinking I'm having just like ice cream. And then next thing I know, uh, I need help to my car. I need help to an Uber. <laughs> so, Calling I'm an Uber. Keys. You know, it's, it's a whole well, thing. Think, I think we're going to need this drink next month when we hang out for my birthday. Yeah, sounds great. And we won't be driving home. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as there's a floor we can crash on, because I'm. Yeah, there we go. Home. I don't. Um, what about you? you I, it you doesn't have take me much. Favorite drink. Favorite drink. Favorite drink. Um, I love um, pina colada. Like I don't know why. I for some reason coconuts and pineapple go together. They always will. Um, but I also really love a whiskey sour. So. And then of course you're a wine girl. I'm a wine girl. Moscato, Mambrusco. If it tastes good, I'll drink it. Unless it's Merlot, I'm not drinking Merlot. It's a I don't like dry wine. Do you like the uh, sweeter dessert wines? Yeah, because Lambrusco is sweeter. Have you had mead? I no, I haven't. Surprisingly, so mead is just honey wine essentially. Instead of fermenting the grapes, they ferment the honey instead, and it's yeah. really good, especially if you do like. Let's say in your average, like, 16-ounce pint, right? You do, like, a third of it mead and then fill the rest up with, like, a hard apple cider. That's called a bee sting. Hmm. It'll change your life and possibly give you a cavity. But it's very good. <laughs> All right, Willow. What about you? Yeah, you, me much. you <laughs> a favorite drink? All right. So my go-to usually is just, you know, a, you know rum and coke. Um I'm a simple girl, so, but, uh, one of my, one of my favorite things, like I do have apple crown Royal in my cupboard. And one of my favorite things to do is add uh, cranberry juice to it. Oh, so it's an nice. apple. It's called a cranberry apple. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Uh, speaking of crown, um, around, I think November, they re-released their salted caramel one uh if you take that and you pour it over some ice with uh some just regular apple cider that you get from the store or the farmer's market <laughs> cinnamon stick in there best christmas drink you'll ever have oh my oh. god yes i love caramel apple none of these are good for my diabetes <laughs> <laughs> and for for me i love uh Kahlua mudslides. Um, and then I also do like pina coladas. Yeah. I like margaritas too. You're a fruity drink. 
It's so funny. Yeah, I'm not like a. You we know, go to the. I'm not a beer we, guy. He goes to if we go to the bar and he orders something and he orders it first, and they're like, and for you and for the lady and Brian's like, <laughs> that one is that her ones, <laughs> or and for you because they assume that it's for me. Yeah, I'm the one that I I will drink harder stuff. I think you'd be surprised yeah, how I often think. I get the guys ordering the like the pink frilly drinks at Starbucks. <laughs> I I think the more fruit garnishes you can put in my drink, the better. Like I want like a Bloody Mary esque tower of tropical fruit, like in ratio <laughs> to my to my actual drink. Like I I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> We need, we need, we need to stop pushing this narrative that we can only drink like gin straight. <laughs> I love in pineapple in any any drink that you can put pineapple in. I love when the alcohol soaked up into the pineapple. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I it's good. Have a um, I don't know. Maybe I have a problem. I, I think we have time to talk about a couple a, more. Movies. I'm a teacher, so I self medicate with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so uh omar uh another movie off the off your list that you'd like to to deep dive into okay well we hit a lot of really good ones on here i will say there's that, one with stanley um, tucci yes i was just about to bring that up the big night it's hmm. stanley tucci who i believe serves as a producer on the movie as well and tony shalhoub is in it of monk fame and um, it's about two brothers who run a restaurant. One is the chef, and the other one is more front of the house. Yeah. And, and they're both from Italy, their, right? And they, they come to America. Yep. And it's their opening night. And it's so funny and so well done. I mean, these guys are masters at their craft. You know, uh, the delivery that Tony Shalhoub and the banter that Stanley Tucci brings, like, it's you can't fail. You can't fail at that at all. I say that. And then, you know, Stanley Tucci was in one of those God awful transformers films. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, uh, That's an excellent one. Um, And just, just before you hop into that next one, we're talking about Stanley Tucci. Uh, He has a show it's on CNN, but it's, it's actually on HBO max now uh, where he travels to Italy. Oh, and, really? and yeah, uh, and he goes to all these different different places because he's because he is his family's from Italy and talks they, about the yeah. food and the culture and the wine and the yeah he's, you know, he's whatever a the big place wine guy. Yeah, I have to check that out because I, I think he's awesome. So I, I would love to watch a show about that. Yeah, um, and- I think. Uh, Willow had mentioned earlier a really fun topic, which was uh, what's your favorite dinner scene yes. in a film? And we were looking at the list, and I thought it was hilarious that the two that I picked were on said list. Um, and that was uh, the dinner scene in Beetlejuice, because, you know, yep. everyone likes the banana song. <laughs> and then um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Like the Toby Hooper one is still one of the most unsettling and campy scenes I've ever seen. Like, if I show it to an adult now, they're gonna be like, "This is kind of cheesy," but 
it's almost because it's cheesy and weird it makes it creepier it's um very house of a thousand corpses like mm -hmm. uh there's uh you know they they have this victim essentially strapped down for family dinner and you know you you meet the rest of the the family besides Leatherface, and you realize that he's probably the least terrifying of the bunch. Yeah. And, and they're all arguing with each other. That's so funny. Oh, they're all arguing and screaming, and it's chaos, and it's unintelligible. And they, uh, the 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 grandfather or the father uh, is like in a wheelchair, and he's has this horrible, horrible like old man mask on, and it's very clearly so. And um, they, they feed him like a, a little drop of her blood and he immediately like gets out of the wheelchair and starts dancing up and down. Like it's like, it brings him back to life almost. It's just such, there's such a huge creep factor in that. And yeah. I, I think it's the most memorable dinner scene of all time. And, uh, the, and I was actually reading up on it. It, uh, they, it, it took the director like 36 hours to film that whole scene like in a matter of 36 hours and you can just feel like the disdain of like each character for each other <laughs> just in that scene alone and because it and was also, so hot was, yeah there was no air conditioning um i think it was in where the house was located was like downwind of some kind of meat processing or, or something mm -hmm. like that where like it smelled of roadkill essentially and it was unbearable for the crew for the the mm -hmm. entire time like people even after his passing will talk negatively about toby hooper because of their experience on that movie they just hated him so much uh he has a funny line where he says well i wasn't invited to the rap party if that gives you any indication <laughs> of how the crew felt about me, like because of the, just the grueling, grueling conditions. Yeah. Yeah. You um, know, there was a few movies in that list that I did not see. And I was like, uh, kind of like, wow. Um, but do you remember the movie, nothing but trouble with yeah. Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Which yeah. is finally coming to Blu-ray for the first time. Um, that, not like a super great scene, but I thought that that scene with them eating was funny. Yeah. Um, Especially when they were cold with his nose, because it looked like, <laughs> a, you know. I, I remember him creeping me out so much in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, coming to America, um, there was a oh, lot yeah. of food scenes in that movie. Um, McDowell's. Yeah, especially the party uh, at McDowell's house. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, Beverly Hills Cop, the original Beverly Hills Cop. Mm -hmm. Especially when uh, he walks into the the like really classy restaurant and he pretends to be gay. Um, and, uh, to yeah. to meet the who we find out, you know, is, is the main bad guy of the film. Uh, that, that scene was really funny. Cause you know, he has the banana. <laughs> yeah. 
Hook has a really good dinner scene. Like it, it oh, it's just so all it, it's like just so a, a back and forth of between Robin Williams and the kids just like, throwing insults at each other, which results into a a fun little uh, food fight. But that's that's one of my favorite uh, scenes in the movie. Um, that and then there, um, like Goodfellas was also on the list. Uh, yeah. And, uh, just... I remember watching Hook as a kid and seeing that that spread, like when his imagination yeah. finally kicks in, and um, feeling not only incredibly hungry, but like super excited that he's learning how to make believe. Right, like it's mm-hmm. like a, a, it's like the hair stands on your arm. Like it's it's this like feeling of like you're in there with them for that scene. It was just very cool, and it uh, reminds you how much you you miss Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I could talk about Hook forever. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed the dinner scene when uh, in Pretty Woman, where she has <laughs> yes the um, the escargot, and so she's super nervous about being in this fancy place, and she's trying to do everything she can with the escargot. And um, she flips it across, <laughs> and she puts her hands and folds her hands in there. Slipper little suckers. <laughs> so, like, and when you hear people talk about the scene themselves, like it wasn't really supposed to happen that way. Um, but it's always yeah, the Netflix it, yeah. documentary that just came out the the new season of the the movies that the made movies us that made us. Uh, they talk about Pretty Woman in that scene. Oh, okay. They, I mean, it could have been a really different movie. Um, thank well, goodness it ended up what it ended up. But yeah. it just, that always kind of makes me laugh. Because, like, when, when you're uncomfortable in a place, because you don't know how to eat the food, or you don't know how to order the food, like, I'm like, I don't know the first thing about putting all this together. So just when I went to Italy, when I went to Italy, I was like, so how does this happen? And so we would order like a traditional Italian dinner. And so we would sit there and there were a bunch of us from the study group that I went with and we'd all sit there and we would order the courses. And by the time you got to the, like you get your pasta first and then you'd have your meat dish or whatever. And so by the time you finish with your pasta, you're like, I can't, fit any more food in my stomach. Like I can't eat anymore. And I think once when I shared it with one of the girls from California, we made it to the salad, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if it was the bottle of the wine we drank or just the fact that it was a lot of food, but you just, you're like, okay, well I'll take your, take the cues from the people that are putting the food on the table, I guess. But man. <laughs> See, okay. Um, Omar, you were saying something about uh, you were liking uh, like the gumbos and that you relate to uh, that as uh, do, do you feel like you are connected to uh, in some strange way to um, the places of the where your favorite food comes from? Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, like like I was saying before, most people, you know, culturally food's important to them in some way. Right. So you, um, you encounter chefs that usually their place of origin is 
you know, the style of food that they cook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case all the time, but for the most part, that's what it is. If you meet a Caribbean chef, chances are he has a Caribbean style, you know? Um, but mine was a mixture of that and the people I learned under. Mm-hmm. I worked under three different Cajun chefs, like three different dudes from the New Orleans area who were like straight Cajun country. And um, so all the dishes I was making were Cajun influenced and uh, it just, it, it ties me there. I think I'll always forever be um, linked in some way just based on what I cook at home. Like yeah. I've worked at Greek places before I've worked at other spots and I can make the, that kind of cuisine. But if I have the kids over or if I am cooking dinner for me and Kayla or for you guys, if you were to come over, um, chances are, I'm going to say 95%. I'm, I'm busting out something that that's, like a, a Caribbean Cajun fusion. Yeah. That's just, that's just my go-to. Uh, it's, it's one of the reasons I really like the movie Princess and the Frog a lot too, because, you know, she's in New Orleans and she's, she's, yep. you know, working double shifts as a waitress to try to save money so she can open up her restaurant. I mean, that's, that resonates, man. I was saving tip money to try to open up my food truck for a long time. You know, and so I, I get that feeling. They they really tugged at the heartstrings there for me. And and I've told you this before many times. That food truck dream is not is not dead. It's going to happen. I promise you. I one day, hopefully, right? <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> there are so many things that that we think are unattainable, and you don't have you never know. You might just meet the right person that's willing to drop $30,000 on a startup and believe in what you have to offer and it'll happen. Yeah. Um, the road, the road is always a lot tougher when you don't see the end in sight. I mean, that, that, that is the saying though, like with anything, whether you're uh, an author, an artist, a singer, an actor, it only takes that one person to, to see it. Yeah. And it's definitely grueling. Let me tell you, I can't even imagine what it would be like to try to work up the ranks of something. Like I've watched Gordon Ramsay and I, I get triggered just anxiety hearing him. Like I, I can't function in a world like that. So I can't do it. Gordon comes from that very traditional, like French teaching where, um, you, you have to break someone down before you can mold them back up. And yeah, he gets results from it, but it's not, re- it's kind of an old school way of thinking nowadays. Like people don't really do that anymore, even in very big kitchens. Uh, Eric Repair is um, very famous for speaking out against that. Like he's just like, there's no reason to, you know, shout abuse towards yeah. someone you can get more results out of someone with I mean you catch more flies with honey mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of mentality um Anthony Bourdain who uh was 
famous for showing the the realistic underbelly side of kitchens also very much was just like i don't shout and scream at my staff like we respect each other yeah and it's it's just um that old school way of calling someone an idiot sandwich is uh it is not really done anymore and all respect in the world to gordon ramsay uh, he's obviously on top of the world but uh it's you know i i think a lot of that is if if we're show two because of the fact that yeah now it is but if you watch boiling point he's that's that's him he's not famous yet (laughs) it's so he's got a really bad mouth too he's and he's got a dirty mouth like i've I never could aspire to to use as many curse words as he can in a sentence. Yeah, they, um, they. I always thought it was funny that they said you curse like a sailor or you have a mouth like a sailor. I'm just like, man, maybe if those sailors come from a kitchen, like, <laughs> that's it's a different level in there. Yeah, and you know, our show is called Reels and Heels, so I I need to to say, you know, we're talking <laughs> about uh, cooking and stuff, and. You know, Robert Irvine is married to professional wrestler Gail Kim, which is really cool. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, they, they've they been married since 2012. She's adorable. Uh, he used to come to the movie theater uh, that I worked at earlier than 2012. But um, that's a massive man. Yeah. He's always he always goes to Walt Disney World. Ridiculous. Yeah, he goes to Walt Disney World for their the food festival there. Oh yeah, at the yeah. Epcot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kayla really loves that. As a, hopefully she's not listening to this. Actually, she doesn't have Facebook. She's not listening to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the big surprise for her is to take her this year because she's been dying to go and she doesn't think that. She's gonna have time to do so. So, gonna do that for her, and then gonna have her drive me back because I will probably get drunk at the English (laughs) pub in the UK there. (laughs) So, I know that uh, we've been on for uh, almost two and a half hours here, so we're gonna wrap it up. But uh, out of all the films that we talked about, um, if you had to pick one film from this list to recommend the most, which film would it be? And then um, also what are your top five cities uh, that everyone should go to that love food? Okay. Um, As far as movies go, I, I have to go with chef. I mean, you can literally watch it's, there are movies that you watch because you're in the mood to watch them. Like, I'm not in the mood to always watch The Matrix, but when I am, it's exactly what I need. Chef is not that. Chef is a movie I can put in right now, enjoy the hell out of, come back tomorrow and watch it again, whether my day's been good, bad, whatever. Um, It's just one of those films that I think needs to be checked out. It's small. It has a very small, intimate feeling to it with an A-caliber uh, cast. And, I mean, Favreau just, anything he touches is gold. And anything he directs yeah. is absolute gold. He directed the first episode of The Orville, which is my 
new favorite show, uh, which is Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek Love Letter. <laughs> and when I found that out, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense why I got you know hooked immediately was because Favreau had his hands in this. Uh, and as far as um, cities to go to, uh, okay, New York City is obvious. Uh, Vegas, I definitely recommend Vegas. Um, let me think. Um, Austin, Texas. Uh, if you want to get some awesome smoked barbecue, like that's the spot. New Orleans, of course. Uh, shout out to Chef Isaac Toops out there at the meadery. He's uh, he's pretty incredible. That's that's a uh, that's an idol of mine. Um, and then uh, Miami has some excellent, really authentic um, Cuban food and just um, great stuff out there. Or if you're in the city of Tampa, hit me up and I'll make you my duck confit mofongo. And oh, wow. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you how to mix it up with the Latins and the Cajuns. <laughs> you know, I, I'm surprised that you didn't, you know, throw out what everyone would throw out is like, you know, London or Paris uh, as so so of course Paris is is a big one right but um, I everyone throws out Paris right and then uh, London sure they have uh, Gordon out there and they have Chef Marco out there and stuff but they're not necessarily known for uh, their, their cuisine as much as everyone thinks. Like, and that's no insult or disrespect, but I can go to, um, in the United States, I can literally close my eyes and put my finger on a map and I will find a spot by an incredible chef out there that's known to the entire world. I can go to to Harlem and go to the to the Red Rooster by uh, uh, Chef uh, Chef Mark. Uh, what's his name? It's Marcus uh, Marcus Samuelson, I think. He's a he's an Ethiopian chef, but he was brought up Swedish, and he makes the best fried chicken on the planet. All three things really weird to combine, but yeah, he was go. on Iron Chef. Yeah, and he won Top Chef Masters pretty damn easily, if I do say so myself. Like, he swept the floor with those guys. Uh, and he wears really fun hats, so, you know. <laughs> and for our, for our friends up north, I will give an honorable mention to Toronto. Toronto is very well known for yeah. food. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Omar, it's been so much fun having you on, as always. Uh and uh, I'm glad to see that, that you are doing uh, well. You know, I didn't want to uh, tell everyone, you know, what's going on, but. Um, oh, well, I'm, that's I'm... okay. You know, I can, I can tell them guys, I am going through uh, treatment right now for pancreatic cancer. Uh, things are going very well. The cancer is getting much, much smaller and it's looking every day. Like it's possible I could beat this thing. So um, spirits are up. And, uh, yeah, just keep with the positivity. Yeah. So where, where can people find you on social media? So social media wise, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can look me up as a uh, chef Omi Rios, uh, on Insta. And then just under my name, Omi Joel Rios on Facebook, 
Uh, every once in a while, I'll post a dish or two or some wacky thing that I'm working on. Um, I'm also currently writing again. I'm doing um, a radio show script for Will Eisner's The Spirit. And also working on a um, TV show idea for um, a sitcom about working in a Renaissance festival. And nice. it's shot um, like Parks and Recreation and The Office. So okay. uh, currently working on that. That's been a lot of fun to do. And that's been taking up most of my time. Yeah. You know... I don't know if you've thought about it, but I think you should make a food page on Facebook uh, and just, you know, put up the pictures of your food and stuff and, and talk about food. That wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Um, actually, you guys give me several really great <laughs> ideas today. I'm going to have to, like, pay y'all royalties. <laughs> We're just trying to help you all along the yeah, way because I mean, we, want, like, we want you to succeed. <laughs> you're really gassing me up <laughs> We want your food truck to happen. <laughs> oh, so Willow, uh, it's been fun doing this episode. Uh, what's going on in uh, Pillow Talk world? Oh, um, okay. So I'm going to return to Pillow Talk next week. I know I've kind of taken a break from it because I've had, you know, Two other shows pop up in the <laughs> in the mix, so um, yeah. cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 trying to play, you know, the field with this podcasting thing, and uh, I, I didn't think that I was going to take off this quickly. <laughs> well, I, I got to say though, what John is doing over there is is perfection. He's got a good thing going on over there. He he's doing that. Fantastic job. And it's like, he keeps getting ideas for more shows. And he's like, we need a host for this. We need a host for this. We need ideas for this. <laughs> uh, so I'm know. just trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to get Omar hooked up with the, the horror stuff over there. I need to. Uh, you've been pitching that to me for <laughs> what going on at least a year now. And I just need to get off my lazy butt and do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So where can the good folks uh, find Willow Skyler? All right. So you can find me pretty much everywhere. I am the social media socialite. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Um, yeah. Um, I I can be – just type in my name. I'm sure something's going to – something fun it will pop up on <laughs> Google. <laughs> Something will pop up. <laughs> well, as we do every episode, it's time to ring that bell. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.